0: Lauren Minchin is a registered dietitian nutritionist with a private practice in New York City. She has been practicing as a dietitian for the past eight years with 10 years total experience in the nutrition field. Lauren's primary specialties are gut health and autoimmune conditions with a particular focus on IBS and IBD. She loves helping her clients identify problem foods and behaviors that trigger their symptoms and then guiding them an appropriate diet and lifestyle that allows them to eat with confidence and feel their best. Gut and autoimmune conditions do not have to run your life. So great to have you, Lauren, welcome. Let everyone know where they can find you online. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me. You can find me at laurenminchin.com.
0: Great, and what about Instagram? Instagram is happygutnutritionist is my handle. Great. So tell us a little more about what is your nutrition philosophy?
1: Yeah, so I think over the years of being in practice, I've learned that no one size fits all. I think you can have general nutrition principles that work for everyone. But at the end of the day, especially when it comes to gut health and immune health, personalizing the approach is really key for someone to see consistent, sustainable results. So I tell almost every single one of my clients, no one size fits all. That's why they're here to see me personally, because we'll work through their specific issues and find them a solution.
0: I Love that. Yeah. So how do you approach goals in your business?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been a work in, in progress for me, and I feel like Libby's program was so helpful in figuring out how to turn my dreams into goals. My, you know, leading up to more recently, I've always thought, kind of, oh, this is my dream to do this or that, but having it come to fruition was much more difficult. So I think what I learned is to determine what I'm good at, what I really love, and then how to pursue, find out where the demand is and how to marry those two things and then pursue it very consistently. And consistency was really the thing I've been working on recently and trying to become better at and not letting setbacks interrupt that consistency. And, you know, pressing forward and making tweaks along the way is really the key. So I think it's that step-by-step progress with goals that really gets you to that level of success that you're seeking.
0: So it's interesting. A lot of our listeners are newer dietitians, and uh, you and I both have had a little bit more experience with business. I would love to hear you talk about your journey with starting your business and growing your business thus far.
1: Absolutely, I still feel like it was yesterday. Actually, it's crazy because I graduated from my nutrition program in 2011, and then I started my dietetic internship. So it's been a little while now. So. As soon as I finished, the internship was about nine months. I started my practice, and I also at the same time started working with another RD who was in private practice. I wanted to learn the ropes, and my specific program hadn't taught me a whole lot about nutrition counseling. It was more heavy on the clinical and community nutrition, so it was very valuable for me to work with this other RD and learn those skills. So I was doing those things at the same time. And then over the first one or two years, I started to take insurance and be in network with most of the major insurance plans, which was a great way to get started because my goal at that point was volume and to really build my skill and to and to see clients from all different backgrounds and different needs to really determine what I wanted to do and the focus I wanted to pursue. So that was great. And from there, once I became in network with so many insurance plans, I really grew the volume of practice. And I've been full time for several years now. And since that day, you know, in growing that full time private practice, you know, over time, I've learned how, what I'm really interested in, and what it means to really pursue that. And that's how I determined gut health was my focus, immune health. I also work with prenatal nutrition and PCOS, I work with, you know, everything, but my I really came to love gut health and immune health. And so it was really that exposure to a variety of clients that led me to really love gut health and immune health ultimately.
0: So that's interesting. So you kind of started right away with learning private practice, which is a different Mm -hmm. path than a lot of dietitians, but it also gave you the opportunity to learn about running a private practice and work with a variety of clients, especially taking insurance, to figure out who you really, really enjoyed working with.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it was really, I think I'm a big believer in in the volume at first, because I think exposure to so many different conditions and people and personalities and needs really helps you determine what you like. And for me, I just didn't know that yet. So that was really helpful for me to have that exposure.
0: So I'm hearing you say you started taking insurance with all the carriers, and you started with focus on volume. How has that shifted over the years? Yeah,
1: so I'm still in network with insurance, but I now market myself more specifically towards gut health and immune health. I when I started my website was very general, I work with anything, that you know, that kind of tone. And now I very much focus on marketing from a gut health and immune health perspective, and then in addition to that, what I also do is with my social media and in my nutrition counseling it's very gut focused. So I'm a big believer in the gut being the root to your health, you know, in your entire body to the system. And so I, that's where I counsel from is from that perspective now. And that's changed the way I approach a variety of conditions, including prenatal nutrition, weight management, PCOS. It informs
0: all of those things. I love it. And the, the, Second part of that question, which I'm curious about, is the volume. So are you still mm-hmm. focusing on trying to get as many people as possible in? I know your niche has become more focused. Are you doing groups? How are you managing your time and your volume?
1: Yeah, yeah. I That's a transition I'm in right now. So I have been you know, focusing on volume for quite a while for the exposure. And in the past few years, I've been actually decreasing the volume as I increase my What I charge for a session because I offer a lot when the client comes to see me in terms of support and guidance. And so, as I've gotten that experience, I can decrease the amount of clients I see, and then I can, as a result of that, I have the mental and emotional and physical bandwidth to actually spend time with each person and really provide a lot of value for them. And ultimately, I do want to move into groups and perhaps to membership as well. That's that's the goal for the future.
0: I love that. So I love that you were just kind of focused on getting the experience and learning to work with people and learning to really hone in your niche and refine your process. And then once you were really confident in it, you realized, hey, you know, I want to give each person more time and focus and I have to raise my prices. So it sounds like you are lowering your volume but raising your prices so that you can stay sane while helping really helping the clients you have
1: exactly because i think most people in the medical field understand that medical offices you just can you can go insane because the volume you have to retain with insurance is incredibly high and so and again it's a great way to get into the field and to develop your skill and really determine what you like but I think if you want to offer value to your clients and make sure they're, you're really helping them, you have to take care of yourself too. You know, that's the only way you can do it.
0: I love that. And, and yeah. inference is a great way to learn and, and to actually make pretty good money in the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, yes.
0: So I'm hearing that all that experience helped you get clear on your niche an ideal client. Is there any more to that story of how you figured out who you really wanted to work with?
1: I think you, you encounter different client personalities and needs and you figure out what your own pet personality works with and what you don't. And I think that was also a lot of some uncomfortable moments with certain clients I knew I just wasn't going to mesh with them or I wasn't really providing them the level of support they needed. And that was specifically with eating disorders. I started out working with eating disorders as well because that's also part of my personal background Um, I struggled with that as an adolescent so I was naturally interested in providing help and support but I think from a private practice perspective it just didn't work for me because a lot of the clients I ended up seeing needed more support than I could provide for them so that was a moment of really deciding you know, do I move forward and provide a higher level of care and figure out how to do that? Or do I move into a niche where I really feel like I can provide what, you know, that person is looking for? And that was a decision point for me. So it was moments like that where over the, over the years, I've had to make those decisions and, and then not feel bad for Choosing one or two niches. I think that was another part of it was feeling, oh, but then I can't help this person. But then being able to refer them to someone who really could help them and, and really enjoyed that process, that's actually better for them anyway, when they can find somebody who can be there for them in the way that they need. So I think just freeing myself from all of that mental noise that can happen when you're making those decisions is really important.
0: So important. Yeah, to to let go of the guilt, to recognize that sometimes referring out is better as well as your client and that and their progress. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, sometimes you can you can think you're helping somebody when you're really impeding their progress if they could be seeing somebody who could provide more of what they need. And I think when that clicked for me, I was able to really with clarity make that decision and it's been a great one.
0: That sounds amazing. So now that you're so clear, how has that changed your business or marketing?
1: Yeah. So like I mentioned before, my website is more gut focused in terms of my terminology and what I actually market as specializing in. Um, My Instagram, my handle is full on gut health. And then the content I share is all focused on the gut really being the root of your health whatever your condition. So it's changed the whole way I approach marketing and what I put out there and then also my nutrition approach. So those two things are the the biggest changes.
0: So I imagine that if I was looking for you out there in the world, I would see you on Instagram and your website. It would match. I would really say, wow, this girl is the gut specialist. I really trust that she's good at this. And it also allows you to be confident that you are up to date on all the most recent gut health stuff. So you don't have to learn right. all the things.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think when you when you figure out what your niche is and your focus, then your research also has to match that, you know, you have to know what you're talking about. So yeah, I mean, again, the perspective of all my research I do is coming from a gut focus and perspective. And then that, that feeds into the meal plans and the nutrition guidance I provide for all of my clients.
0: Great. So yeah. taking all that into consideration, how do you use Instagram to market and sell? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I uh, used my feed and stories. I post on my feed at least five times a week, uh, usually. And then I'm on stories most days. And through the feed and my posts, I usually try to share problems to very common uh, solutions to very common problems that a lot of my clients face. So I, I take a lot of my content that I've encountered with clients because it's just very real and things that people are actually looking for answers for. And then stories is, is I use that more for people to get to know me, um, I want to make sure that they know me beyond just the content I provide in terms of nutrition, but also to become familiar with my personality. And I think that that really helps somebody if they're looking for guidance and support in terms of building trust for them to get to know me. Um, And so that's what I primarily use stories for.
0: Great. So what is the process that you use for creating great Instagram content?
1: Mm -hmm. still a work in progress. I'm working on it because it's still fairly new for me as of this year. But I try to plan out my content by the week but between a full-time practice and I also have a one-year-old, it just some weeks it doesn't happen. (laughs) So, you know, if I don't, then I try to spend at least 15 or 30 minutes a day putting something together. The point for me and the goal for me is to just show up and and share something every day. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I, I do try to meet that goal. But ideally, if I have everything planned out weekly, then it's much easier to have a theme or to make sure I cover the different topics I want to cover. So highly recommend planning by the week. I think it it ultimately saves a lot of time and it just helps with my own focus.
0: So I'd love to hear a little more about that, like planning for the week with a theme. Do you actually plan kind of a month and have a theme for each week? What is that like?
1: Right now I'm planning by the week. It is my goal to plan by the month and I'd love to do weekly themes. I think that would be great. Right now I'm trying to touch on a lot of different issues, but make sure more that the theme is that I'm getting a variety of issues in over the course of five days of posting, so that by the end of the week I've covered all the major questions that I typically, I typically get from clients. So right now that's really what I'm working on, but ultimately I'd love to have a theme, you know, have it be a Crohn's week or a constipation week or whatever it may be an autoimmune week and really focus on even more detailed posts and sharing. And, and work that out. So that's something I plan to do, you know, as I become more and more used to creating content, again, a work in progress for me. That's a goal.
0: Great. Well, I, but I love your current plan of making sure you're just covering a lot of different topics and variety each week so that, you know, it's more simple for you because you can kind of, you know, the biggest struggles and you're making sure you're touching on all of them.
1: Right, right. Yeah, because with gut health, I feel like, you know, each client can present with, a few common symptoms, but then they have their own specific things. So when I think about my ideal client, there's several different versions of my ideal client. So I really try to make sure that over the course of a week, I'm talking to each one of them, which is a lot when I think about it. But then again, if you plan at the beginning of the week, it's much easier to accomplish that.
0: That's great. So It sounds like you, again, have had a lot of experience filling up your practice, so congratulations for that. Now you're shifting to get clients from Instagram. What has been your biggest struggle with getting clients specifically from Instagram, and how did you turn that around? Yeah, that's a great
1: question. I think it's the content creation, to be honest. I think really being very specific with a post was a new skill for me. I'm very used to posting a dish I made or a a fun thing I ordered at a restaurant or like a, you know, a a one-liner, you know, inspirational quote or, you know, whatever. But in terms of figuring out what my ideal client, who they are, and then posting specific information for them and making sure it answers their questions and solves their problems, I think that's really the biggest challenge. And I've certainly improved over the last few months in, in doing that more quickly as well. But I think it still is, you know, coming up with new content and making sure it's fresh. And again, answering the client's questions is key. And I think that continues to be a challenge that I love pursuing. And I hope to continue to get better at.
0: So it sounds like you were like a lot of us who had an Instagram full of like photos of your dog and food pics. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of info that would be specifically beneficial to your clients or having them know that they could work with you. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. It was, I, again, I have a one-year-old. So this past year has been a lot of him, his first year. And so it was a pretty hard transition to say, okay, from this point on, I'm doing now these very client focused posts. And so it was a mindset shift for sure, but it's been a really great challenge.
0: Are you still sharing baby pics in your stories and kind of life snapshots? Occasionally.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in the stories, I use that for a little bit more of a personal shot here and there. So I still get to share some fun photos every once in
0: a while can't resist like a, a dog photo every now and then in my story. exactly yeah 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 so with respect to your offer what has been the biggest challenge and then the opposite side of that what has been surprisingly easier than you expected
1: yeah so my original offer of single sessions was not so difficult because I've been doing that for the past eight years in practice so have a lot of clarity around what I offer in a session and what the client will be getting out of that 45 to 60 minutes initially and then any follow-ups. So that was the easy part, but I think the most challenging part actually has been transitioning to groups and then also ultimately figuring out beyond groups, what do I want to offer? And I have a lot of interests and I'm still actually figuring out specifically what that's going to look like. So groups I have a a pretty good idea of of what I want to offer and the value I want to create with for the client, but I'm also interested in a membership or a podcast eventually perhaps running a program. So I think that's been a challenge again, and in Libby's program also focused on this of just focusing on one thing and really working on that. And that's in general, a challenge for me because I want to do everything. (laughs) But you can't, if you really want to provide support and assistance for clients, you do have to focus on one thing and really, really hone in on that and perfect it. So, so that also is still a work in progress for me, but I have the next step and that's groups. And so right now that's what I'm really determining the details about.
0: Great. That's very exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it will be good. I think I love the format in terms of the support that comes in a group setting and uh, also just being able to, again, increase my income without having to increase the hours, the same, same rate. <laughs> so I think I've been looking at, you know, how can I still offer the value that I offer to individual clients and offer it to more people when I have a finite amount of hours that I can offer? So Groups is a, a great solution to that.
0: Yes, it's a great solution and it's um, kind of a great problem to have that you are so full of clients that you need to find a way to see more of them and help more of them and also right. more money.
1: <laughs> yeah, right,
0: right. Yes, both. <laughs> great. So can let's speaking of money, let's talk about money. How much have you made? Kind of where were you at when you started Libby's program? And what's mm-hmm. next for you as far as money goals?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So with insurance the last few years i've been making about 8 to 10 grand a month which is really healthy very thankful for that success with insurance can't can't really talk about that enough i'm certainly thankful for that and so through that process i've become financially secure my husband and i have so close to paying off our student loans which is such a huge thing so that's that's really been you know a blessing for us for sure and as a part of joining Libby's program, my next goal is to make 20 to 25 a month. And that's through continuing with some private clients and then also expanding my groups and offering more of those. So that's my next step. And then ultimately, like I mentioned, I'd love to offer a membership program or a course or even a podcast in the future. Um, But my, the 20 to 25 is my next goal per month at this point.
0: Love that goal. And so Financially secure now, and then really like affluent and abundant in the future
1: right, right, exactly, yeah, yeah, and that yeah, exactly, and that was a that was a challenge for me mentally and emotionally to get over and to be honest about how much I wanted to make and also not feel bad about that but and I think I had to come to accept that you know it's important to have financial goals because if you don't there will be certain things in life you can't do and you can't achieve and you won't be able to go very far. And so having those goals is really important. I was raised as a child to focus on, not focus on money as much, but focus on doing something that you love and then doing it ethically, which is also, those are great lessons. But I think I was lacking in learning how to set financial goals for myself. And so the program was really helpful in helping me get over that emotional hump and then figure out okay this is this is what i want to do with it when i achieve this goal and this is why i want to achieve this goal and then ultimately believing everyone should be able to be empowered to see and set financial goals for themselves i think that's really important
0: yes and to achieve these financial goals don't be shy about it you know value yourself and at the same time, do it ethically and doing Mm -hmm. something.
1: Exactly. I think those do not have to be mutually exclusive. I think they go together. And when you are acting ethically and you're doing something you love, you're creating even more value for the, for the client that you're serving. And so, and then to not be shy about communicating that value. I think that's really been something I've been working on.
0: And congratulations for almost paying off your student loan (laughs) thank you yeah thank you (laughs) that's huge that's really huge i know for a lot of people and with these goals which i just can't help thinking about how horrifying the pay is for clinical and the freedom and and just how much value we have to offer after all the schooling we go through and I love hearing about ladies like you who are dietitian bosses making that money that you deserve. <laughs> so what does it feel like? What, what does that give you to be able to ethically and do something you love make that much money? Right,
1: right. Yeah, I mean, so far with what I've been able to make, we've been able to purchase a home in New York City, which is not an easy feat. So incredibly thankful for that. Um, We're paying off our debt, like I mentioned, particularly the student loans. It's allowed us to vacation. It's allowed us to afford, you know, having a child. And then also pursuing hobbies and interests without having to sacrifice you know, income directly, you know, we can have time to do those things and not feel like we're not able to meet our bills, uh, which a lot of people are in that situation, sadly. And so again, it's been, I feel incredibly blessed to say we've been able to do those things. And as we plan to expand our family, we'll need, you know, a a different home at some point. And so as my income increases, being able to afford the home that we need for our family is, is really the goal. And then of course, finishing off those student loans. That's really, that's going to be a big day.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. How do you plan to celebrate? Oh boy. That's a good question.
1: We will probably travel somewhere. I would imagine once those are done, we'll probably pick some fun place we want to visit and really go celebrate.
0: Yeah. Good. Yeah, like, for sure. We're putting into student loans and put it into a travel fund.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Cause it, you know, if, you know, when you start out, a lot of your bills are bills and you have to pay them. And then the goal is ultimately when you have financial goals and financial security to be able to spend that money on things you enjoy and turn it into enjoyment. And so that is, that is the
0: larger picture ultimately. Fun money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So tell me about showing your face and how has that evolved in the Instagram world, social media world?
1: Oh, yes, the most difficult part for me. That, is, that has definitely been, I think I I don't necessarily like how I look on camera. And so whenever I see a photo or particularly a video of me, I really, it really just, I'm able to identify every single imperfection in about two seconds. So that was really challenging for me. And so when when Libby said, okay, you know, you should be showing your face, you know, ideally several times a week on stories and at least twice a week in your posts, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be, it took me a month into the program to actually start doing that. So it was a challenge, but I think I ultimately said, okay, I'm going to embrace any imperfection I see. And then if there's something that I can fix, I'll fix it. And then we'll just keep moving. So it was a blend of, you know, accepting that, you know, whatever I identified as being imperfect. And then I'll say, okay, I'd like to speak a little bit differently here, or maybe I should have a different angle instead of running away from it, learning how to fill myself in a way where I feel confident. And so now I feel like a lot of that fear is gone um, because it really took embracing the imperfection and being honest with myself and then pushing into it anyway. And that was just such a great challenge for
0: me. I love it. So I think everyone's going to relate to that. Of we see ourselves in a photo or on a video, and like, delete, delete because, <laughs> yeah. I a or I'm shiny or have a big sit on my face or whatever it is. And yeah. it, the reality is, one, no one cares. <laughs> right. Two, it's super relatable when people stutter or misspeak or it's just natural. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: yeah, I think I took a lot of inspiration from I watch a lot of, you know, on the side skincare or makeup tutorials on YouTube. And I think just taking inspiration from a lot of those influencers just being okay showing their bare skin. And, you know, they may have a zit one day, or that maybe they have a wrinkle somewhere, they don't want it to be or whatever it may be they just show it and then they show, you know, how they, how they address that problem. And so I think I took a lot of inspiration from that just to be more open. Um, And you're right. Nobody really cares at the end of the day. No one really does.
0: (laughs) I think probably most people probably like you better when you show some imperfections sometimes. I think so. I agree. But that's a great idea. Finding other people that are out there doing things that you might think are embarrassing and then realizing, kind of taking inspiration from that. Like, wow, look at them, how brave they are. I don't think any less of them known from that.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that was really, yeah, exactly. I think that's really helpful if you, you know, like I did, if you find yourself really having a hard time, it is really inspiring. And you do like them better. I found them also relatable. So then it's like, oh, so then you know, that's something to remember.
0: Yes, good. So basically just doing it and working on it. And, and you're right. There are always things we could improve upon. Uh, we don't have to speak perfectly or robotically, but I used to say, um, all the time. I think I still say it, but I'm maybe just care less that I say it. I think I'm getting better at it though.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's always a fine balance of, okay, nothing's ever going to be perfect. But then what are some of the things that, you know, if it, if it helps you feel more confident, can you address and improve? And it takes being honest about those things. And my tendency is just to avoid it instead. And so it was really a good challenge for me to press into it and say, okay, these are the things, what am I going to, going to just accept? And then what can I really work on and increase my confidence around? So
0: that's good. I love it. I am also find that my husband will point out things that I'm doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not always helpful,
1: but I guess it depends on your personality.
0: That's right. So if you have a loved one who you trust, who you can take it if they want to criticize you. Uh, right. I call him my business coach.
1: Oh, there you go. That's a good, that's a good way to spin it. That's good. If you can look at it that way, it can be very helpful. my
0: <laughs> yeah, <there's> the husband.
1: <laughs> yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> so,
0: You have a lot more experience, again, than a lot of our listeners. What advice would you give to someone just starting out?
1: Yeah, I think kind of circling back to what I said at first, I think determine what your niche and or area that you love, study the demand around it. I think that's the piece that I missed. And then figure out a way to marry those two. I think that's key if you want success. Um, And then if you don't succeed at first, be open to the feedback and then, you know, smartly modify your approach or your offer, and then try again. I think that was a real game changer for me. Not everything that I do or I did was a home run. And I think being willing to accept, okay, this didn't work. So instead of running away from it, again, my tendency, how do I confront it, address it, change it, and then move forward and try again. And I think, you know, we see the highlight reels of everyone who's successful. We don't see how much they have done that themselves. And I think I had to remind myself that no, everyone who's successful, every person you see, had to do trial and error, had to try things and be open to it not working in order to get where they are. And so I think that's just accept it and keep moving forward. That's really the key.
0: Oh, such great advice. And absolutely, I noticed working with Libby, when we are coachable and willing to accept criticism and take it on and what people don't see is the 15 drafts of a post that were not great before one comes out really well and popular, uh,
1: exactly yeah no oh, you're so right i know we think that we just rolled off of somebody's tongue or whatever and it's no most of the time you're right there was draft after draft before that final one was put out there. So it's such a good reminder. I think it also just makes the process feel more attainable when you know that everyone is doing that. Um, it makes it feel less intimidating.
0: Yes, that's the benefit of group programs. Which is, <laughs> yes, okay. You're not alone, other people are having similar struggles, and it's nice. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So great to hear from you. And I know you've mentioned a few things that you have brewing specifically. Anything else you'd like to share about what's next for you and or your business?
1: I hope to launch groups in the new year. That's really what I'm working on right now and really honing what I want that format to look like. That's really important to me that the format is very easy and seamless for the clients that sign on. And so they get the support and information they need. So I'm really working on those details and I'm hoping to launch that in the new year. So that's the, that's the next big thing for me.
0: Very exciting. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experiences and advice. Great advice today. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Tell everyone again where they can find you.
1: Yeah. So you can find me, my website is laurenminchin.com and my Instagram handle is happygutnutritionist.
0: Great. So I'm going to go follow you so I can see all the posts <laughs> and uh, awesome. have a referral source for IBS and IBD. So I can't wait to stay connected on Instagram with you. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thanks for having me.
1: If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothchild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.